Something I really look forward to, and it is never lost on me. We are so lucky to have Mr. Millennial Mike. He goes through all the comments, pulls out the spicy, pulls out the ones that maybe we should go deeper on. And of course, he pulls out one that he just likes to rib me on. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go through the comment section, and I'm going to react and uh, see what Mike has to say, man. I still can't believe you do this for the audience. I appreciate you. The audience is going to see you uh, this weekend, or I guess a week from now. So uh, that's going to be pretty cool. I'm excited. I'm excited to be down in Vegas with you and Dion and Beth and the Lumberjack and all those people. It'll be a fun time. I think it's going to be an event that people talk about for a very long time and hopefully make a lot of good connections. But you're right. This segment is where we talk about the people in the comments. You've got a lot of loyal people who watch. You've got a lot of haters who watch. And this is their chance to be heard. So for those of you out there, if you leave a good comment in the future, it might get picked up. If you leave an angry comment, it might get picked up. And if you always just want to DM me on Instagram and say, can you ask Mike to talk about this topic? We do that too. So what we're going to talk about first, as Mike said, we do like spicy things. He made one of his viewers look stupid. So this one comes from Randy, <laughs> this one comes from Randy Randall, 2148. He says, Mike, I was embarrassed yesterday by my realtor in LA. I heard from you guys so many times that prices haven't dropped year over year, and I believed it. But then he showed me the St. Louis Fed numbers from the U.S. fourth quarter of 2022 to fourth quarter of 2023 and gulp. At the end of 2022, median price was 479. End of 23, it was 417. That's a $62,000 price drop in 12 months or about 13% in one year nationwide. I stupidly tried to comment that maybe it wasn't January to January or something like that. And again, if he and I are reading the chart correctly, that sure does seem like a double digit loss in one year. What gives? Well, the first thing I want to say is you're not alone. Uh, that chart, which people may not remember, also caused the lumberjack landlord. Or I'm, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, the lumberjack landlord to celebrate a little early. Uh, if you guys don't remember, the Lumberjack Landlord called for a 10% decline in home prices. He sent that to me, Dion, and I believe you, mm -hmm. about three months ago, right. saying, ring-a-ding-ding, -ding, Michael, you owe me a dollar because home prices are down double digits. Well, like the Lumberjack, like, I think he said Randy, like his mm -hmm. agent, they are being misguided by misunderstanding the data in that chart. So again, folks, this is a chart that Doomers and the Crash Bros love because it is technically accurate and also means very little in reality. What is it? If you actually look at the St. Louis Fed chart and look at the footnotes, it will tell you it is only new home prices. It says home prices, but the data is new home prices. And as I have said many, 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 many times, home, new home prices are going down because they are getting smaller. Home affordability is horrible, so people are trading down. And yes, the median home price of new home sales, for lots of reasons, has gone down 13%. But new home prices is not existing home sales. Somebody who looks at that chart and says, look, existing home sales are down 13% is an idiot or just generally mistaken. So that chart is not and has never been. And the lumberjack does not get a dollar for quoting the wrong freaking chart. 
That chart is not existing home sales. So stop using the wrong chart. That is my feedback. At least Randy can take a little bit of comfort in the fact that he was not the only one victimized no, no. by fake news. No, I, I, think, I think Randy generally didn't know. And like the Lumberjack, dude, you were on the tweet. The Lumberjack was celebrating. Right. Right? He was cashing his dollar. <laughs> dude, get the right chart. It's not close. The, the, the problem is, and this isn't Randy, and this isn't Matt, but there are doomers who take that chart and put it out there like it's existing home sales because the chart is labeled in a way that if you don't know what's behind the data, you could claim is a bigger story. Like this agent. It's not Randy, but it's agent. He didn't know. Mm -hmm. um, it's just sad what doomers will do for clicks. That it's just the charts wrong. Or again, I can't say the charts wrong. The chart is accurate, but it's new home sales. It's not it's existing home sales. Yeah. 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 Well, speaking of the lumberjack, Dion, and yourself, one of the questions we got this week was from Ruby Yatkon, if I pronounce that right. Sorry about that. And they asked, quick question, three amigos, where did you guys meet each other? Uh, the answer is uh, actually you could just throw you in there as well as we've met online. We met as individuals uh, who reached out. Um, I believe it went like this. You and I met first. Mm -hmm. I reached out to you, I think, because of a Facebook post. You were holding yep. a key to your house out. I believe next, I believe Dion talked about one rental at a time on bigger pockets. He, mm -hmm. I think he missed. I think he said my name wrong, as I recall. And then the lumberjack uh, reached out um, shortly thereafter. And I think we did a lot of things solo for about a year. Right. And then we started collaborating together because we realized our message is 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 stronger together. So um, I have personally met you twice. Yep. Dion in person twice at, at the same events at the Fresno event. And then once at my office in Mountain View. And I've never met Matt in person this upcoming weekend will be the the first time we meet in person so yeah it's pretty cool what you can do with today's technology mm -hmm. yeah now i was thinking that we should all get together and just come up with a lie and say that there's actually a tinder for content creators and we were swiping and swiping and somehow we all matched and it's just you know the rest is history so <laughs> uh well uh you're good looking enough to be on tinder the rest of us probably should go there so uh, okay, next question. This one is uh, about how boomers and Gen X have mistimed the market. This one comes from one power equals God. And he says, you're laughing about rising real estate values means delaying and procrastinating and means much more painful outcome is coming. I'm not a crash bro to state that it doesn't make me a crash bro to state that boomer retirement crisis is here and will put pressure on both gen x and boomers who dominate most subdivisions as empty nester households they are facing the first man out but not the last man out scenario these two generations can't afford to see price reductions and will compete for the younger generations who will exploit their weakness and what they and that was from a huge multi-paragraph comment so i kind of yeah pulled it up. i remember I remember that one. Um, 
this is essentially a, again, you, you said you're not a crash bro, fine, whatever you call yourself, what you want. But this is a um, crash bro story. The silver tsunami is going to crash home prices. The good thing about this story is crash bros are not original. This is actually a recycled theme. I think it was 2000, I want to say it was 2011 or 12, they tried the silver tsunami. And um, it, it's just, it's not going to come in a, a, a finite, a window to be a problem. If all, if everybody died at 80, it'd probably be a problem. But that's not how life works. And also, uh, a lot of boomers have kids who will actually inherit the house mm -hmm. and keep it as a primary or a rental. So this is just somebody else who's looking at the generational curve and going, hey, they own everything and they're going to die and it's going to be a catastrophe for prices. Believe what you want. It, it's, it's, it, if it's a problem, it's 10 to 20 years away. Mm -hmm. right given life expectancy and something and um it's 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 a it's a fart in the wind at least currently right right it 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 seems very odd that people think the boomers are de going to be desperate to sell their houses first of all when it comes to them taking a being afraid to take a price cut if they die in place what do they care they're dead yeah they're, dead. they're not really stressed about price reductions at that point and second of all, why, why do they want to sell if they're alive? They need some place to live. So, so it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. <clears throat> no, it's just one of those things. Uh, the doomers and crash bros rely on just a little bit of fact in a good story. And the silver tsunami is a little bit of fact in a good story. And unfortunately, it it causes people to do nothing, which is which is fine. I, you know, I'm starting to love Crash Bros because they make my job easy. Mm -hmm. It's fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, next topic. You had a controversial video this week, uh, or within the last ten days. Uh, this was with, um, it was with Dion and you, and you guys yeah. were talking about the fire movement. Oh yeah. And how the fire movement might be better than real estate. At least that's what one of the commenters suggests. This is Brandon Talks Fitness, and he left a bunch of comments, but one of them was. To make above 10% in real estate, you need to either A, buy at the right time, for example, 2010 to 2020, or B, get a great deal that cash flows day one, which is obviously way harder right now with a high rate, high price environment. Most people can't afford to buy a property at 60 to 65% LTV on day one to get the cash flow. Then he went on to say that you never cite the fact that you purchased during the greatest bull market run of all time. And that's why real estate looks so good. What do you think? Uh, well, first off, I talk about it all the time. I've documented the story in my book. Uh, I started buying in 2002. I was buying through the entire crash. I can only tell my story. Uh, so there's that's just inaccurate. Um, I've also been buying all the way up, right? So... You know, I did a deal. I bought a deal last year. I bought a deal before that. I'll never, you know, I don't, I shouldn't say never stop. It's, it's certainly harder than it's ever been. I've said that out loud. Um, I am actually getting ready. And I think I've been pretty clear on my channel to execute what I've been planning for three years. 
So for the last three years, if you really pay attention, I've been telling you I've been buying residential property. Residential property that must cash flow day one. But my vision was to repeat what I did in my book, which was to 1031 out of very expensive homes into distressed multifamily. And I plan to do it again sometime in 2024, 2025, or 2026. It is really the turbo charge uh, to our portfolio. So uh, I only can talk about what I do. He's absolutely correct. It's easier. Uh, it's been easier. Today's the hardest. Not impossible. Um, I, you know, if if you're a stock guy, go be a stock guy. I I really I really don't care how you build wealth. If you're going to do it in stocks, by all means, go for it. Uh, but if you're going to tell me you can't do it in real estate, you know, I talk to millionaires every week that prove that's not true. So uh, you can go. People just I'm I'm getting really, really focused on the fact that I am not in the convincing business. I will tell you what I do. I will find other amazing individuals that tell what they did. And if I'm not your cup of tea, fine. There's lots of people out there. So to Brandon's point, when he says it's harder and harder to find cash flowing properties day one, I will agree with him. It is very, sure. very difficult right now. Rates, prices, 100%. Mm -hmm. uh, however, finding a great deal has never been easy. And some of the metrics is what you might be looking at as a great deal change over time. But something that you told me in our very first conversation ever was you need to network more. And that's something that you hear repeated all the time over and over again in real estate advice uh, uh, arenas. People give that advice out. But I think it really goes over a lot of people's heads and they don't understand how absolutely monumentally important it is to actually network more. The last several deals I've purchased came from my network and came off of the MLS. I closed. So to answer Brandon, it was only good to buy 2010 to 2020. Well, in October of 2023, four months ago, I closed on a seller finance deal that only required $3,000 down, 0% interest, $400 a month payment on a property that I'm going to 3X the value because I'm doing a little bit of value add to it. So those deals are out there. To his point, it's harder to find them. And it's not just about putting more money down. It could be about putting more work behind your networking and then seeing if deals come that way. Hey, Brandon, you should go buy stocks. It's okay. It's not for you, bud. It's all right. Uh, and, and you know what? As Dion loves to say, if they want to make fun of us and call us names, at least we can wipe our tears with these hundreds instead <laughs> of... You know, instead of the tissues that the stock guys are using. So, yeah, well, I'll, I'll throw my balance sheet up against any of them. It's fine. Let's go look uh, at the scoreboard together. Okay. All right. Here was a never before asked question. At least that's what they said in the comments. And I actually think they're correct because I've never heard you specifically answer this. Though, when you gave the answer, I don't know if you answered their questions. This one comes yep. from at MJF5049. And he says, never asked question, I think. He says, when you 1031 from 8 to 80, did you mm. vacate the houses? Oh. And so I think he was asking, did you sell all of those houses while they were vacant or did you sell them with a tenant in place? Okay. Uh, yeah. So a 1031 exchange for what people may or may not know, something that's generally called a like-kind exchange. So uh, I would sell, I sold my eight houses as rentals to other investors. So I sold them occupied with signed leases. Um, they were sold to investors, not owner occupants. Uh, 
so no, I did not vacate them. In fact, the building, the houses I sold probably would have been worth less if they were vacant. Uh, so I was doing a like-kind exchange uh, from rental to rentals. Why do you think they would have been worth less? Well, I would have had to repair them, right? So I would have netted less, I guess I should right. say, right? Gotcha. I would have had to update them. But at selling them occupied with signed leases, I didn't have any make ready costs or any of those things. So my next follow-up question on this topic is, do you prefer to buy your single family rentals occupied or unoccupied? Well, I have two answers for this. During the pandemic, when we had the foreclosure or eviction moratorium, I would rather buy them vacant. Most of my career, I didn't care. Uh, but yeah, during that eviction moratorium, yeah, I had to get a screaming deal, which I did on a couple. I think I bought seven or eight during that. Um, two of them were occupied. Um, one of them took me a year to get the tenant out, so that sucked. Um, but yeah, I would rather today. I don't care either way. But during the during the moratorium, yeah, I would buy bacon, or I'd get a screaming deal. Interesting. I've noticed that it seems to me when I'm buying a property that's currently got a tenant in it, that's almost guaranteed to be one of the contributing factors as to why the seller is selling. You can mm -hmm. almost say, oh, they're selling. This probably is a problem tenant. I should plan for an eviction. And unless mm -hmm. they can provide rent rolls that show consistent payment. So in my opinion, I like buying empty because I know I'll put a tenant in there that meets my qualifications mm -hmm. and then I'll be happy with it. Yeah. At the end of the day, I go back to a great deal. And if I'm getting a great deal with a problem tenant, I've done enough evictions. It doesn't bother me. Uh, I just need, I just, it, I'm not going to pay the same price. That was something you didn't ask, right? You give me the same exact house with a troubled tenant or vacant, I will pay more for vacant, but that doesn't mean my returns different. Maybe I get a huge discount, you know, by buying it with a problem. I mean, that's, that's right. part of the, part of the fun. <clears throat> right, right. And I actually just negotiated that myself. I was I'm doing a sixplex deal and partially occupied, partially unoccupied. And I was able to sit there and say, you have not provided me the rent rolls you told me you were going to provide. And we both know what that means. Yeah, if you exactly. can't provide them and the seller won't give them to you and is mad that you're asking, we both know what that means. So, Mr. Wholesaler, you can tell the seller to drop their price or you can drop your commission. It's up to you. And they ended up coming down because it was easier for them to just drop their commission on the wholesale, another 10,000 bucks to fund my potential future eviction. So there you go. All righty. Okay. Luxury will lead the crash. Hank Duncan, 2665. He says, Mike, if prices are coming down in the higher end market, won't that have a market-wide trickle down effect? Uh, no, uh, absolutely not. Uh, the luxury market is, you know, and again, let's define luxury. I put luxury at 2x the median for wherever you live. So it might be 800 grand in Fresno. It might be 2 million in San Jose. Uh, but if you're 2x the median, that's just a different animal. They they typically have wealth other places or their business owners or something. If they get nervous or scared or whatnot, it's it could be a second or third home. It's a very different, luxury homes are very, very. In fact, you could see luxury fall 10 or 15% and entry level goes up 5%. It's a supply and demand equation. And there's not enough supply at the low end, lots of ready demand. The luxury market, typically speaking, is an optional purchase. No one has to buy a luxury home. It's an optional purchase. So, um, yeah, 
no, they're not, they're not connected. Yeah. Yeah. I think people get confused when we see a lot of transactions going away above the median, but yet we still see things going gangbusters below the median. And then when you try to average out the entire housing market, you kind of get some weird data. But if you look at different segments, because I see it all the time in my market of Indiana, we're looking at a lot of properties that are 150,000 and under. Well, there's some pretty good competition down there because everybody can afford it. Then you go to, as you said, 2x the market for Indiana, which three or 400,000. Well, that's the luxury out there. And I know, crazy, right? That's the mm. low end here in Seattle, <laughs> the very low end. That's the cardboard box on the street with a homeless guy end in Seattle. <laughs> but yeah. there's there's uh, things sit for a lot longer because there's way less people who are looking in that market. There you go. All right, the very last question. And this is one that I keep seeing happen over and over again. It's an amalgam of different sentiments that I've read. And that mm -hmm. is the ongoing debacle with insurance. Mm -hmm. So are you having any trouble getting new insurance for any of your properties? Or are you seeing massive increases or insurance providers dropping you from any of your existing plans? So I've been pretty clear on this. I've had two cancellations already, uh, each of the cancellations. So I, I want to be clear. I haven't had a problem getting new insurance, but the prices are stupid. Mm -hmm. My fourplex that canceled first, uh, that went up 45%, I think. Oh, gosh. I just had a duplex go up. Uh, it went up 100%, actually, <laughs> almost, almost 100%. Um, but again, it's, you know, the you know the value of the properties are up 50%. So, you know, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. uh, you got to have insurance. Uh, it's not fun. Uh, I've been doing this 20 years. I had one other property seven or eight years ago get canceled for some reason. I don't remember the reason. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, this is definitely a California thing. It's it's happening everywhere. And it's why I have an insurance broker at the hub in Fresno, uh, Elaine, that we talk to every Monday. Because it's it's hurting a lot of California folks. So she's helping me get new insurance. She's helping a lot of folks. So yeah, cancellations, yes. Uh, difficulty, no. You just got to pay more. It just sucks. It is what it is. So a follow-up question on that, when it comes to cancellations, was this after you had made a claim or they just canceled you out of nowhere? Uh, they, they, I have had zero claims. Uh, so I have lots of different uh, carriers. The two that were canceled, I've had zero claims with. Um, across the portfolio, right? So I have bundles with people. So mm. zero claims. They they're just leaving California. Mm. The insurance uh, carriers leaving California. They they're canceling everyone, or yeah. probably most people. And I was just one of them. Yeah, one of them got hit. Yeah, I know it's been a bit of a frustrating thing. I've purchased a few properties. I mentioned one earlier that one in October, and the last three properties that I've purchased, the insurance provider I was using just has sent me a oh sorry we won't provide coverage. <laughs> Okay, why? Well, the roof's older than 10 years. It's 12 years old. Like, it's 12. What do you mean you won't? Oh, all right, I guess I'll ask somebody else. And I'm just shopped from one to the next. They just are throwing it out left and right. It's ridiculous. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the insurance companies in California have a real problem. I And again, Elaine talks about this a lot. There's some, there's some government rule that prevents insurance companies from raising rates by some percentage. Mm -hmm. And given the wildfires and, <clears throat> and issues in California, they can't, they can't be profitable. So their only option is to leave. So it makes complete sense. Um, you know, gov California's government needs to 
needs to change some rules. Otherwise, we'll have no ability to get insurance. And that's that's not good for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mike, those were all the questions that we had for today. We do have a couple of videos we're going to react to that people sent. And again, I'd encourage anybody, if you want Mike to either react to your comment, or if you have a video you've seen and you want him to react to, send it to me, send it to him. We'll make sure we get it queued up. Well, I want to ask you a question now before we end. Sure. You have undoubtedly heard that the lumberjack is retiring. His last day at work will be the 14th, I believe, or 13th, something like that. Yep. Which means, of the Avengers, you're the last guy standing. Uh, you're going to start to get the Pink Panther from all of us, which is, of course, our inside joke. Um, have, have, have you ever stepped back and said, you know what, I'm going to do this until this or this until that? Or what what is Mike's time frame look like? So, as I told you before we started the call, I made the ultimate mistake. I just got a promotion at work. Awful. <laughs> Terrible. Awful. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> So, so for those of you guys out there who don't know, I'm a I'm a police officer uh, and I've been a regular line officer for nine years. And I just promoted to the rank of sergeant as of a couple of days ago, um, which is cool. It's nice. It's nice to have a new challenge. Obviously, there's a pay increase with it, uh, new responsibilities. Um, and for those of you also who don't know, I've been a regular police officer, but I'm also on the SWAT team. And I think it was Dion that said in the video where you guys were making fun of Matt because he wasn't retired yet. He finally retired. Um, you know, the, the way you know you truly love your job is if you don't need your job at all. You don't need it. You don't need the money. You don't have to do it, but you're still working. And I have wanted to retire for a while, mostly because I'm a single father with full custody of my son. I want to spend as much time with my son as possible. He's seven years old. Um, but with the amount of time that I spend doing SWAT stuff, it it's one of those jobs where I would almost do it for free because <laughs> it's a lot of fun. I mean, I get paid to jump out of helicopters and throw flashbangs and go to the shooting range. And yeah, I get shot at on occasion. That part's not so great, but uh, it, there's a lot of fun behind it. So my goal to your original question for retirement has been sometime when I'm 35 years old, which I'm now 33, got two and a half years. I got a little more than that before I would turn 36, but my goal has been around 35 that puts me at, you know, 11, 12 years of time with the police department. Um, I think I have a, the pathway forward to buy enough rentals to create the passive income to make it happen. Uh, but the downside would be there may come some full-time SWAT positions available. And, and to do that full-time, I might stretch it just a little because it would be so much fun. But if that doesn't happen, my plan is 35, two years. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, at 35, you would be the youngest. You would accomplish that by almost by over a decade. Uh, yeah, because you were the youngest. You were 45. 45. Matt's 46 and Dion's 51 or something. One, I think, yeah. I think it's 51. Yeah. Well, I'm rooting for you. Uh, I'm rooting for well, you. I think, I think showing you it could happen is pretty amazing. I got the benefit of having this through the large majority <laughs> of my journey, whereas all of you guys... You old men who didn't have YouTube and didn't have it all, I got to cheat by watching this content for the last five, six years. So I get a little bit of a pass when it comes to retiring a little earlier, maybe. No, I, I, I uh, that's not okay. Uh, you may have had the opportunity to consume content, but you did the work, right? I go back to our very first conversation where I told you to learn seller financing and network networking. You know how many people I've told that to over the years? thousands there's like a handful of people that did anything with it, and you're the living proof that it works so 
uh, shout out to you for doing the work. Uh, I appreciate you, respect you, and uh, I look forward to seeing you again in Vegas. Oh, it's going to be fun. I, I'm really excited for the people we're going to meet there. It's going to be so much fun. Thank you, buddy. Take care. Yeah.